to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation as usual as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Welcome back to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I hope you enjoyed our opening music. It's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band. And feel free to download that on any of your favorite music platforms. Now, for those of you that are new, Alzheimer Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to have real conversations with real people, and that's exactly what we're going to do today. We launched Alzheimer Speaks in 2011, and we just love sharing and connecting people to new services, products, and tools. And we're going to do just that today by talking with Mods Awards winners. So uh, before I introduce you to everybody, I always like to give a few shout outs. So again, if you haven't checked out Dementia Map, please do so. We have put that together as a global resource and There's lots of things in there. We have like 150 categories and it is growing every single day. If you have a service product or tool, we would love you to list yours. You can have a free listing or you can do an enhanced listing. And for those of you looking for resources, products, and tools, you don't have to sign in. There's no password. It's just easy access because I know what it feels like to be a care partner and looking for information. And there's a lot more resources out there than we know of. Things like the Memory Cafe directory and Coral Health, who is allowing people to download two of their um, apps free. Uh, The list just goes on and on and on. Uh, Saltbox TV, Zinnia TV, the Alls authors. Go to DementiaMap.com and check that out. I also want to give a shout out to Arthur's Senior Care. They have been so wonderful in sponsoring Arthur's Memory Cafe, which I've been doing for years now. And we meet um, virtually the second and fourth Wednesday of each month during the pandemic at one o'clock central. And anybody is welcome to join us. Also in person, uh, Brookdale North Oaks is sponsoring a caregiver connect support group. And we meet in person the last Wednesday of each month at 10 o'clock. And anyone is welcome to come again. That's in Shoreview, Minnesota. Let's see. I still love this project. It's called the Brain Donor Project. Check it out. They're looking for brains. They need our brains for research, both those that are diseased and those that aren't. And don't forget to mark your calendars for November 2nd, where you can participate in Together for Dementia, which is sponsored by the Dementia Research Charity Brace. We're going to hear from the Footbar Walker, and then we'll be right back. Introducing the life-changing Footbar Walker. I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky, and I'm 91 years old. The Footbar Walker revolutionized my care of George. It absolutely benefits the patient and the caregiver both, and that's the beauty of it. It's so easy to use. It folds up just like a dream. I got it in and out of the car without any effort at all. The saving that I made from having to put him in a nursing home came to about $192,000. Does someone you love use a walker? Do they struggle? 
struggle to get up from a seated position? Are you a caregiver dealing with physical pain and stress as you help your patient? The Foot Bar Walker was designed to assist not only the patient, but also the caregiver. Patients have more control standing up, and no lifting from the caregiver is required. See how it works at thefootbarwalker.com. That's thefootbarwalker.com. Peggy, would you recommend the Foot Bar Walker? Do I ever? I would not be in the health that I'm in today at this age had it not been for the Foot Bar Walker. Okay, we're back. We are going to be celebrating two of the winners of Mods Awards for the individual categories. And so we have with us Marilyn Rakel, who is the executive director of Mods Awards. And again, we're going to be talking with, with two who have won $5,000 a piece for the work that they're doing. And we have with us Lorette Clear, who is the founder of Nana's Books. And we also have Carol Amos with us, who is the founder of the Caregiver Principle. So um, to to kick us off first, we're going to talk with Marilyn. And Marilyn is the, like I said, the executive director of Mods Award. She has also cared for her parents and both who were developing uh, Alzheimer's disease. And then in 2015, she was inspired by her mom's newfound artistic abilities, which really kind of changed the way she looked and dealt with Alzheimer's. And so this is just prime position for you to be in, in terms of celebration of the disease. Everyone kind of looks at it as a doom and gloom thing, but there are some really gifts to this. So welcome, Marilyn. I'm thrilled to have you. you with us today. And then we have Lorette Clear. And she is a certified dementia practitioner, and she holds a master's and undergraduate degree from Boston College. She is a fellow through the National Writing Project with the focus on creating literacy environments to underserved communities. And I I can't say enough good things about Nana's books. Uh, I, I just think this woman is absolutely fabulous. She's been an advocate and a compassionate uh, carer herself and involved in various initiatives. So Lorette, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And then uh, Carol, Carol has developed this program called the Caregiver Principles. And Lord knows we all need those. And like, where were they when we needed them? Because I didn't know about you, Carol. And I, and I wish I would have back in the day when I was dealing with my own mom. And the Caregiver Principle really reflects her passion to help dementia caregivers. Uh, she cared for her own mother for over 11 years. And she has this wonderful book that is all about hope for the Alzheimer's journey. And hope stands for help organization, preparation, and education for the road ahead. And it is quite the journey. So welcome, Carol. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And I didn't have the caregiving principle for my entire journey either. So I have lots of mistakes that I made during the journey. Yep, but they're all lessons learned. So that's mm-hmm. the good part. You can take any mistake and uh, and turn it into a lesson and make it easier on yourself and others in the future. So thank you um, all for, for being with us today. I'm excited to have this conversation. But first, I always like to ask everybody, just for our listeners, if you've been personally touched by dementia. And Marilyn, if you wouldn't mind taking that first. Yeah, my mother um, had... Um dementia and and my father also he also had parkinson's um and when i began my journey like so many i knew nothing in fact i was completely in denial uh mother taught us that when we get alzheimer's walk away we're not going to remember you 
just walk away. And we all sort of believed her. And when I became a caregiver, uh, I was seeing it through that prism. And I wasn't seeing who was there. And then when she started to paint, all of a sudden, we were sharing happiness. And suddenly, because we were sharing happiness, I was able to see who was there. And that completely, completely changed my journey. Um, and I saw who was there. And we developed uh, this wonderful relationship for the next eight years. Um, I became a true care partner. And it changed my life. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Lorette, how about you? My mother-in-law, Mary, we called her Nana, because um, that's what all the 14 grandkids called her. Called her. Um, sadly, she passed during COVID. Um, she was living with Lewy body dementia in memory care. And I have to say that in my 30, almost 35 years of knowing her, I really only truly got to know her through the, the lens of dementia. When I would go see her with my kids um, in Massachusetts, it was very, very difficult to engage her. And it was, she was becoming more dispirited each time we would go. So, um, we really were at a loss for conversation because her short-term memory was so compromised. So um, they had modified children's books there and um, things that were not dignified and that did not speak to her. And that took what little sense of self and her identity that she had left. So I thought um, based on my background, you know, we can do better. We can, we can do better um, for her and we can bring her things that will engage her and delight her and, and give her moments of joy. And that's essentially, I have twins who are um, 17 years old. My older son Ford was in college at the time. So we could bring them in and they could engage in nostalgia with her and bring her back into the conversation. And it just during COVID because of the, you know, the FaceTime calls and the Zoom calls, the um, series just grew and grew. And I just felt like I really got to know her without the filter through time slips. We, we were able to travel back to her past and, and we got to know a part of her that I don't think she revealed to very many people at all. So it was such a gift. And I, I feel like it was an honor to be with her. Um, and, and it was our privilege. So that's the, the genesis, I suppose, of Nana's books. Wonderful. Thank you. And Carol, you know, I had mentioned your mom lived with the disease for like 11 years. How did you, you know, first recognize it? Did, did she recognize it? Did you recognize it? Or was it the doctor? Well, uh, we recognized it. Um, she was a widow living in Cleveland, Ohio. And my brother was in California, the other one in lower Ohio, and I was in Delaware. So we were, you know, remote, but I did start to notice differences, things that were different when we would come to visit. And on her 83rd birthday, I sent an email to my brother saying, she's 83 years old, but we need to keep an eye on her because I'm seeing these things. So what we did is we just, we started calling her more, visiting more, comparing notes. And basically we realized something's not right. So then that's when we got her doctors involved. Uh, we worked to try to keep her in her home because that was her wish. That's what mom wanted. But when she demonstrated that she shouldn't be at home alone, we moved her to uh, assisted living in Cleveland and then a year later to memory care here in Delaware. Okay, great. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because it just kind of gives our audience a little bit of a, of a base. Um, Marilyn, I want you to tell our audience how Mods Awards came about? Uh, Mods Awards was um, developed by Richard Ferry, and it was inspired by his beloved wife, Maude. Um, they lived the American dream. 
He was a successful corporate executive, co-founder of Corn Ferry International, and she was his silent partner, his, his goodwill ambassador. And she was the mother of their six children, their uh, 12 grandchildren, and now four, three, four and counting great-grandchildren. And as he would put it, she is the wind beneath his wings. And when he became a care partner, he had no guidance. He did not know what he was looking. Could have used your book, Carol. Um, and so he started looking for anything he could find. And he kept looking for ways to bring joy and happiness to her life. And he couldn't find a lot of things. This was a while ago. So he started Mods Awards, which was to uh, reward achievements uh, for innovations in Alzheimer's care. And so he's giving three $25,000 awards to organizations and five $5,000 awards to individuals. We're now in our second year and uh, the uh, announcement will be on September 15th. And I will like to add that he is not only rewarding achievements, but he wants to share those achievements with the greatest possible audience. So mm -hmm. we have actually printing a book which will be available and you can go to our website to find that. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting with this is the four of us and Richard, like the rest of the world, all had one thing in common and that was feeling lost and unsupported in terms of this journey, you know, and so dementia really brings kind of that, you know, those lost souls together. And one of the things that I, I really love is the creativity and the willingness of people to step in and step up to make the world better for not only themselves, but for someone else with the lessons that they've learned and, and the skill set sets that they have. And those are all so, so, so very different. I'm wondering with Richard, if he, you know, was, you know, I'm sure you got a lot of applications on this and if he was using any of these innovations himself. Well, actually, he has, he introduced me to Nana's books. Um, and I wish I had had those when my mom was in the later stages of Alzheimer's, she would have loved them. And um, what I love about the caregiver principle is that it, it actually gives you a framework for every stage of the, the disease. Um, and so he, he reads them, he takes nuggets, um, he can't implement all of them uh, to completely, but he takes nuggets from everything. Um, so this is a huge help to him um, and he hopes to everybody. Fantastic. Now this year, Mods Awards was a little different. Last year was your first year. What was different mm -hmm. about this year? Well, we were well known in the Pacific Northwest. So 90% of the applications were from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, this year completely flipped. Over 90% were from all over the country. Um, and the, uh, the award winners are from all over the country. So that was the big change. And okay. what is wonderful is to see the energy from throughout the country on this issue. It's really inspiring. Yeah, there's a lot happening. And it, it, we just need to raise the voices of, of everybody um, to get them connected to all of mm -hmm. these wonderful, wonderful resources. You know, that's one of the reasons we started Dementia Map was to try to help people connect those dots and, mm -hmm. and why I started Alzheimer's Speaks um, as well in doing these interviews because I I felt like a lost soul and I'm like I, I can't be alone <laughs> there's got to be right. there's got to be others like me and once you kind of step into this space you are just shocked at how many people are dealing with this 
and how many people feel lost and frustrated and they are so so thankful to get connected i i talked with a woman last night and i sent her a bunch of resources out all of yours included and she was like i had no idea i i had she's like i just without clicking on one link she's like i already feel better i feel supported and, you know, it's a simple thing that we can do to, to connect people. But let's dig a little deeper and learn a little bit more about Lorette and Carol. So, Lorette, I'm going to start with you and want to know, you know, you, you talked a little bit about your inspiration for the book, uh, being your mother-in-law and, you know, her get, having childlike books to read. But you created, I, I know when I talked with you initially, I just about had to strap myself in the chair for what you accomplished in the short period of time that you did it. It still blows me away. So tell people you, okay, so you see this need and you just step up and a lot of people step up, but I mean, you like, you like stepped up in, in high gear and just kind of plowed through and pulled the, these series of books together in, in such a short time that are so fabulous where where did you get the strength and the energy to to, and the creativity to do that because it's a lot that you did in a very very short time well I appreciate you're saying that um I honestly I've been burning the midnight oil I'm a night owl anyway so um my kids you know are in high school so you know they go to bed you know at a decent hour and I just go into the family room and just take out my laptop and, and go to work. I just feel like somehow, because it's this categorical good, I know that it's good for people. And I know I see that it's effective in the way people are responding. And very organically, people will come to me. For example, a first grade friend of mine reached out to me via Facebook Messenger the other day and said, her mom, who I was very fond of, is 82 and she's in early stages and her mom was into her antiques and she had these china dolls and all these wonderful dolls all over the house and we could never touch them and I was fascinated by them and I loved them so sure enough I'm sending her one of the books that I that I put together um, that are about girls you know an ear spanning book of portraits of girls across you know the ages because who can't relate to nurturing and you know the uh, the instinct to nurture you know a doll and to um, you know, to put your hopes and dreams. And these kids are from all different backgrounds and all different um, experiences. So I, I feel like I'm connected to source all of a sudden, and it just is coming through me. I know that sounds, uh, you know, um, odd, but honestly, I, I, I could do this. I wish I, the promotional part of it, I'm not great at, and I much prefer to I'm mission driven. I'm mission driven to get these books out to the people that need them. So I'm not interested in promoting them. I'm interested in getting good content together. And then I feel like, you know what, if people, um, if it strikes a chord with people, it will take on a life of its own. And that's, that's, I hope that's an okay answer. You know what I mean? I I feel it's a gift um, to just be involved and to be doing something, to be utilizing my, my background in this way. My nest is about to empty out. And this is such such a gift in my life so it's I'm thrilled and I, I'm delighted that it's resonating with people oh it, it definitely it is you know Lorette what I'd love to do is just to go look at your site and so that people can really get a visual of okay. what you have pulled together I love the website because and I love your tagline of engagement nostalgia and joy 
You know, it's just, it's simple. It's to the point. Um, but I really wanted to bring people to see your site because your books are are built very differently. So can you talk about the size and the, the structure of them? Sure. So, you know, with low vision and people that have different you know, macular degeneration and all kinds of, um, let's say the tunnel vision and the things that, you know, dementia impacts in the brain, uh, I've created books that are eight and a half by 11 so therefore larger that than what's currently available. Um, so, and they're ideal for sharing because you can do a side-by-side reading. Um, so if you wanna click on um, browse the collection, there you go, you can kind of see some covers. Um, and then what I wanted to do was I wanted to have a, a fully realized scene rather than just a labeled image because it's much more generative. You can generate a conversation around um, you know, all the different elements in the, in the images. Um, if you want to, beneath, you can see some of the innards. Yes. So, because it's, you don't know what's going to spark a recollection or to give someone that moment that they, um, that speaks to them. So, and again, I, I wanted everything to be very positive and give people a, you know, a positive recollection and to give them something that they could be successful with I have a woman in Texas who contacted me. Her mom was a pastor and for many years, and her mom was carrying her Bible around for the last, I don't know, seven or eight years. And she said, you know what, Lori, when I gave her the Nana's book, I realized she sat with it and she was reading it and she could get into it and she could engage with it. But prior to that, she, it was almost a prop, but she hadn't realized that because her mom was trying to maintain her dignity and to, um, it was so much, so enmeshed in her persona and her, it was such a big part of her identity. So she loves to read the books of, you know, praise, um, because that is something that is so integral to who she is. So that, that is an example of, um, you know, why the books I think are speaking to people and are helping to connect people. Um, the veterans books, uh, that's another example. Um, I sent the books to a man in Spartanburg, South Carolina named Claude, Claude Schmid, and he is a corporal, uh, retired from the U.S. Uh, Army, 30-year veteran. And he does Veterans Last Patrol. And he goes into hospice with his team. And they do a final salute to people. It's, it's absolutely beautiful and moving. And um, he brings in the Nana's books. And he said sometimes they're just, you know, the families in tears, you know, happy tears. The, the, the person themselves, you know, it's almost like a parting gift that they can give them. And they can have these moments and the person feels validated and that their sacrifices gone recognized. And, you know, um, they've, they've had a moment in which they can relate some of what they've got inside. And if, if you, you know, have aphasia or you, you are not able to access the language, it's so much more difficult. But if you almost have these prompts and you have these visuals, it helps bring you back and kind of puts you in that spot. And there was a woman, um, she does an adult day service, um, works in an adult day service in uh, Nevada. And um, it's her, she calls herself the dementia darling and she is an absolute darling. And she said she brought in the books to some veterans that there was nothing really that um, spoke to them before. And she said the three of them sat in a corner and spoke for three hours amongst themselves. Mm. So during COVID that's just a bomb to the, to the soul and, and to, um, you know, even to the staff, it, it helps connect staffers who perhaps are new 
to the facility um, or to you know their the person that they're caring for, and it builds a bridge because thematically it's all about family, bringing home baby, uh, vocational interests, um, your avocation, your passion, your um, you know all the things nature. When you're locked in a facility and you cannot get beyond the fourth wall and you can't see nature or a museum, that's heartbreaking for for everyone. And I think to give someone a vista beyond those four walls and to give them a window into their past is, is something that, you know, I feel is really, really important, particularly now with COVID, because isolation is, you know, we're, we're you know, we're carrying these people, you know, into, you know, um, just despondence and depression. And, and we really need to be able to connect on a human level. And, and that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me burning that midnight oil. So I, I feel like it's, it's something that I don't even have any, um, uh, you know, any, any control over anymore. I just, I just feel like I, there's so much more to do because there are so many people that are lonely and that need something just for them. Oh, I, I so agree. And, you know, as you could see, you know, as I was putting those up, the beautiful design and layout and, you know, what I love about the books too, is they're so versatile. So if someone can read, that's fine. If someone um, wants to just reminisce over pictures, if somebody wants to be read to uh, there, there's, and you've, you've covered such a nice array of interests for people as well in a really respectful, um, professional, classy fashion and so kudos to you for for doing that why don't you just tell people how fast you put all of these together well i have five more in the hopper lori i'm just saying i saw um, a new one when i was out there and I, I was like i don't think i saw that one before <laughs> so now I'm, I'm kind of um people have come to me about um some different things um you know and saying that um these seem to be non-denominational books of faith would you do something for um you know, that has to do with, you know, Judaica and, you know, and th that, you know, the Shabbos and so forth. And I thought, and then when I peeled it back and looked at some of the art and it just, it's so infused with this beautiful light and the, the proverbs are so profound for anyone of any faith tradition. I, I mean, I, you know, and I've got another, a new one that is of, um, it's like a hymnal, but it's brought to life. And a lot of it is, has to do with coastal images because of the, the tide, like the, the different seasons of your life come and go like the tide. So, you know, off the top of my head, those are two that I'm thinking of, but you know, it's, I'm working on one for anglers. My son is an avid uh, fisherman. And I know that when you get on in years, he's got a mentor here who is a U.S. Naval veteran um, and who is a Navy diver. I live in near, not near far from the sub base in Grotten and so forth. So there are a lot of people here that that speaks to. So it's, it's almost like I'll have a chat with somebody and it'll be what they're interested in, what they're passionate about. And I think, and then I, like I said, I go in, I look at the art and I go and look at some of the literature and I think, I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> well, what exactly is your background? I, I should have asked you that earlier. Oh, sure. So I have a master's in um, education and as I said, creating literacy environments, human development. My undergraduate degree is in um, speech communications and I was, my first job was as, um, I was a management recruiter and decided to go back to, after I got married um, to become a teacher. So initially I was a first grade teacher. And what I learned was that to invite people into this conversation and to, you know, use great literature, 
I'm a constructivist. So I start from the top, meaning with great works of literature and, you know, deconstruct from there and, you know, help people build rather than doing phonics and, and doing things that don't engage kids and that don't make them feel, um, you know, that they're capable. I, I do things to help raise their, you know, their, their self-worth and feelings of success and that they can engage in this process and that their voice, you know, can be heard and the whole language umbrella, right? So I felt the same is true with people that are, you know, aging, that they want to be part of the conversation. And just because their skill set isn't what it was, you know, when you're, uh, you know, when your cognition takes a hit, your intellect in large part remains intact. So, and, and your preferences and your core self and all of that. So those things are how, how they were. And you want someone to come along and say, I see you, I believe in you. I want to, I want to talk to you. I want to know about you. And I want to talk about things that are important to you. So that's kind of where it came from. Well, and I love that you mentioned that, um, you know, as the disease progresses, they don't lose that intellect, they don't lose their core self. And I think so many times, you know, people have said, oh, they're just a shell of a body, they can't communicate, they use all those excuses to not engage because they're fearful of going deep, because we don't teach people how to how to really be deep and intimate. And um, I, I know I've had this conversation before, but, you know, dementia, you know, taught me layers of unconditional love and intimacy, I didn't know existed. And so when you talk about this work being channeled to you, I mean, just about everybody I interview says, I I have to do this. It's like, this isn't an option for me. It's, you know, I I kick it around and, and it keeps bouncing back in my face. And this is, you know, you look at your life, and it's like, gosh, I, I have the perfect skill set to do this. Right. And it's like yeah. Dharma. You feel like you're, you know, it's something that is the marriage of your, as you said, your skill set and your, your path. And, and once you get on that path, it's undeniable. You, you know, the, the direction and, you know, no matter what your faith background, um, where I went to school, you know, the, they, the, I guess the uh, motto of Boston college is, men for others, now people for others, but truly it was instilled in me at a young age, you know, in my home, I came from a very large family. And um, honestly, it, it, you, you want to go out. I know as a mom, especially, and um, you want to go out and do something that's going to lighten somebody else's load. And, and it's just a matter of figuring out how to do that. So it's, it's, it's just given me such, such happiness to be able to figure it out. And it's taken me all this time to tell my kids, everyone can have a second act and, and the people that have dementia can have a third and fourth act. And, and there's no reason that we can't connect, you know, and I don't think that brain changes need to be a stumbling block. Yeah. Well, and I think with our younger generations too, they're like every two years, they're switching jobs. They're onto another act. It's like, okay, yeah. been there, done that, learn this, you know, I, I'm game for something else. And so, but again, every, every stage of life, we can still relish and find beauty and connection in it. So thank you for the work you're doing. What do you see as your, your ultimate goal and your, your next steps after winning this award? All about big dreams. And my big dream is to get not just my books, but quality materials to engage people living with dementia in libraries all over. 
I'd like to see libraries within libraries. I'd like to see in senior centers and in assisted living and in long-term care. I want people to be able to not get cast-offs and, and not have things that are not worthy of their tremendous, nuanced, wonderful lives. I want to see them have the best and, and, and not necessarily just mine. I want you know, books for caregivers like Carol's and, and books for people that are walking this road themselves and don't even know what, what would suit them until they, they see it and that, that what they'd enjoy. So that's my big goal is um, to establish um, and to spearhead libraries within libraries for people living with brain changes and not necessarily just dementia. You know, TBI, um, you know, there's so many reasons that someone might um, you know, it's, it's, there's a spectrum and, and re regardless of your level of cognition, you need an invitation and I want to give you an invitation and I want to invite people in. Yeah. And that's, that's my big dream. Well, and it's so true that there's a saying, what's good for dementia is good for the world. And, you know, your books, uh, can, can be helpful to so many people in so many stages, someone who is totally, um, competent, isn't having any cognition changes at all, could easily enjoy your books and, and do reminiscing even with their grandkids and their children um, and their friends as well. And then you, like you said, you've got people in all different kinds of conditions and it's about, it's about developing resources that connect. And when it comes to to giving care, I mean, we're all given care 24 seven if we know it or not. And so all of this stuff is applicable and we can use it and reuse it and repurpose it and share it. So again, I'm just, I'm so grateful for Mods Awards to be elevating your work. Um, I'm so truly, grateful. Truly, truly is amazing. So and, thank and you. Please, yeah, thank you. And please extend my thanks to Mr. Ferry and to the um, people at the Ferry Foundation because this, this I couldn't, I don't have this platform. I haven't done anything to promote the books. Like I said, I hoped, hoped they'd grow organically and that they'd find their place in the market. And, and, you know, caregivers, as Carol can tell you, is, you know, are burdened enough and, and it's hard to, between taking care of kids and, you know, you're sandwiched to, to know what's out there and, and to, to, um, you know, find resources that you can bring in and that you can slip in your bag and that, you know, again, you can use over and over and that, you know, even, even will do the intergenerational connection and connect the grandkids and give everyone a new window into grandma or mom. It's really a gift to be able to do the work. So thanks for supporting Nana's books. Right. Thank you, Carol. I want to go to you next um, and talk about the inspiration for your caregiver principal. Can you give us a, a little background, you know, it always, it, I mean, it takes a lot of gumption to step up and step in and go, okay, I'm putting this out there. You know, I, I'm, I'm gathering what I learned because it, it's very time consuming to say the least, but it, it also is very courageous and brave because you're putting your life out there for other people to kind of, and you don't know, what are they going to say? How, how is this going to be received? Is this important? Did you have those types of thoughts in your head when you started? Oh. Oh, definitely. And I was really more concerned about my mother, even though she had passed away, because she was really a private person. I didn't mind putting my life out there, but I was putting her life out there. And 
up until I sent the book to the, I mean, I just kept having doubts, but I had the blessings of both of my brothers. And I said, you know, my mother was someone who helped people all of her life. She would support this. So I went ahead and did that. But the inspiration for the caregiving principle really came when my mother was in assisted living and we decided to move her to memory care near me. And I was really thrilled about that. But then I started thinking, we had had a lot of disagreements, you know, over the past two years. My mother was a strong-willed woman and I did not, I wanted those disagreements and that attitude to stay in Cleveland and I wanted to bring my mom to Delaware. So I started analyzing you know, all of our caregiving, you know, you know, the transitions from place to place to place. So I started analyzing those episodes and start looking at the root cause. And then that's when I came out with the caregiving principle. So I basically, you know, the principle basically talks about the needs of the person. The needs of the person is more than just ADL. So that's how we typically think of needs. But when you expand it to the total person, where you're looking at the social and the esteem and the safety and self-actualization, the needs are much broader. Can you explain to our listeners, because you know, we use acronyms all the time. Can you explain to our listeners what ADLs <laughs> are? Because a lot of people don't even know what the heck that is. Yeah, ADLs are called activities of daily living. So it's things like bathing and toileting and eating and showering and dressing and sleeping. So it's the basic things that a person needs to basically uh, survive. And then on top of that, you have what's called IADLs, which is all the stuff that supports it. So, So a person can eat, but then if they're living alone, they need someone to cook the food. They need, you know, someone to bring in the groceries. So, so you know, ADLs uh, encompass really a whole lot of different things. Yeah, they really focus on those tasks and they don't focus on how we're engaging, you know, how we're acting and mm-hmm. while we're doing that or how we're making them feel. And to me, th- those were kind of the key things I missed because nobody told me. Right. I just got my to-do list out. I got my checklist, you know, right. isn't that what I was supposed to do? You know, right. look at the checklist. It's all about them. How can I be going wrong? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I can be going off the rails real easy here because I wasn't focused on, on what was important to the person. Correct. And is that what you found as well? Oh yes. We had many instances of where, you know, we would do things. Okay. So, you know, it took us three tries to get her on Aricept. And once we got her on Aricept, we wanted to make sure she was taking it. So we hired a nurse to come in and fill her pill box so, and monitor her. And mom started with my, my uh, brother, Mike. This is a slap in the face. If I can't fill my pill box, you know, I can do this. And when I can't do it, I'll let you all know, (laughs) you know, and then she would call the other brother and then she would call me and then, you know, all night long, you know, she would just keep, keep calling one of us. So, you know, it was really a blow to her self-esteem and to say that she's not capable, you know, she can't do this. We knew she couldn't do that because we could see the results. You know, she, you know, you could go there and you know the pills are there. The you know she wasn't able to do that. But we could have handled it a different way. We could have said, 
you know, the doctor, you know, you can blame a lot of things on the doctor. The doctor won't prescribe that for you unless you have a nurse coming in to fill your pill. I mean, we could have handled it a different way, but we didn't. Yeah, because you don't know. Because we didn't know. You, and these, these are conversations that people are so uncomfortable having. Mm-hmm. Um, be, and, and I know even like in the memory cafes, people will share stories. They don't even share with family members because they don't feel their family will understand. It sounds like you were lucky enough to have a family that was cohesive was and kind of working together. I was really blessed to have two brothers. We were, you know, we were different people, but we were working together. Our main goal was to make sure our mom was fine. Well, let's go visit your website here. I'm going to go okay. ahead and, and share the screen, Carol. And you Just have flip through the different pages. Yeah. Yeah. You have so much here. This is your, your book, um, you know, Hope. And how is that laid out? So when people look at that, what, what will they find inside the book? So the, the first uh, section is preparation for the Alzheimer's journey. Just, you know, just helping people understand what are the challenges of being uh, a caregiver. And then at the last part of that section, I talk about uh, the caregiving principle, just give an overview. And then my next section, I'm talking, uh, the, the book is basically organized around the caregiving principle. So the next section is talking about the needs, you know, all of those, the ADLs plus, you know, the need for, for social and self-actualization. And, and so the, we talk about the needs. We talk about uh, their ability to do, to take care of some of their own needs. So it, it's, it's the getting the good diagnosis, you know, all the things you do around cognitive, but it's also important to make sure you're maintaining their physical body. And so, you know, we decided, you know, mom's going to have cataract surgery. That's going to help her see better. That's going to help her a lot. She's going to get, you know, the, the knee replacement surgery. And it's not easy doing these with a person who has Alzheimer's disease, but, you know, I have some tips in there on how to, how to manage, you know, hospitalizations for people uh, with Alzheimer's. And then I give a lot of tips and tools. You know, I talk, talk about how you can meet the needs uh, in different residential facilities. And then just, you know, I have a, a section of basically about what about me, you know, the caregiver, taking care of yourself. So it's it, the caregiving principle is sort of, you know, in there, but it's all the other stuff that you, you need. You know, I have a chapter on organization. So I share a lot of the tools that are actually on, on the website. Okay. Now, I, I just, I hadn't noticed this before, but you have the, um, the caregiver principle note cards. What, yes. uh, how do people use those? No, I, I use them a lot. So Marilyn will probably see one. You'll probably see one. I just use them to just, you know, just send a card to someone saying thank you for this or, or whatever. Uh, you know, when I started this, I just said, you know, people are helping me. But then, you know, other people may be interested in it. So it's just, you know, send a note to someone and say, you know, to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the other things that I really liked about your caregiving principles is you have got some nice forms for people to be able to download. Let's talk a little bit about these, if you don't mind. Um, you know, as a caregiver, number one, you're always worried about money. So I have like that 10-year projection, you know, spreadsheet. So you can go through, this is their income. This is what things are costing. You know, the memory care is going to go up 3% every year. So it just gives you a feel for, you know, if you go through and plug in the numbers, 
how long you know you have before a person will run out of money. And then you can update it, you know, at the end of this year, this is what's in the banking account. And then you can just get a feel for, because we're always planning ahead. You know, at some point, if she would have run out of money, we may have or may not have, you know, moved her from memory care to a different facility. You know, it's just, you know, it's, it's just information that, that really helped us. You know, that medication list spreadsheet, you know, anytime you go to the doctor, what is she on? So making sure we had that. Um, a doctor visit form, you know, so that we have all of our questions, you know, in advance. And one of the things that worked well for us, sometimes, you know, I would write a note to the doctor when I'm taking her and either send it in advance if there's certain issues so that I wouldn't have to sit there and say, mom is now doing this. Mom is now doing It was all on paper so that mom could maintain her dignity. And then he could interact with her he would look at me now and then because she would say things and I'm like, no, that's not, that's not right. But, uh, but you know, so, so that was very, but having that doctor form, it's like, I would keep track of, you know, at the next appointment, we need to ask these questions. This is what's going on. But the most uh, valuable form for, for us was this doctor directory. And what we would do is go through and say, okay, she sees this doctor twice a year. She sees this doctor once a year. And we could plan out sort of in advance her doctor appointments. And then my brother would come and take her to those appointments. So I would cover most of the, you know, this is an emergency. She has to go to urgent care to check on whatever. But he would like once a quarter, he would come for a couple of days and take her to four or five doctor appointments. And that significantly you know, reduced, you know, my burden. Um, and, and so I, I love that because that, that was one of the worst things I had to do. Cause you go, you open the door, is she going to be ready? Then she's not going to want to go. And, and my brother's theory was once you get her out of there, you don't take her back. You know, even if, you, even if the appointment's not until three, you're going to go get something to eat. And then just, you know, once she's left the facility, you know, we're going to hit all of these appointments. So he would do two and three you know, appointments a day, but that, you know, that reduced my load. I didn't have to worry about that. And those doctor forms really helped because he knew, you know, what, you know, what the issues were. Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, these are fantastic. I, even the, the, the medication spreadsheet, I know when I was taking care of my mom and dad, you know, I, I made one up, but I would have loved to have had that been in place for me because then I was kind of going through what works what doesn't work you know and you're revising mm-hmm. the doctor directory I love too because you know if something happens to you or you need someone else to step in they've got the information in right. one place right which is critical um the doctor visit form I I too would a lot of times send stuff ahead of time and people don't know that they can do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just got to get it to the doctor's nurse, you know, because they're typically not going to get it directly to the doctor, though that's changing with, with telehealth and stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, that they can look at that and then they can take a lot of the burden off the family, especially if it's like, eh, we don't think you should drive anymore. Instead of you bringing up that conversation and, you know, being looked at with heated eyes that are going to burn a hole through your soul for two weeks, because that they will remember that that you cause that to happen. It's a, it's a, it's a whole different thing that comes into play when it comes from the doctor. And I love that you did this planning. So your brothers could come for those medical appointments because 
not only does that lessen the burden for you, Mm -hmm. but it's an engagement point for Mm -hmm. the person with dementia. Mm -hmm. And it gives them a little break from us too, because they need that (laughs) just as much as we do. And a lot of times we don't, we don't talk about that. Um, And then again, and and he was going to come anyway. So he said, I might as well do something useful while I'm here. So we make sure like, uh, we would do the ones that were the furthest away because Mm -hmm. like I would leave work if I had to take her, I would leave work. But if it's like up in Philadelphia, you know, so we would give him the ones furthest away. I would take him to some, take her to some, Mm -hmm. but, uh, we would just sort of organize it. Another thing is, is all of the information that I had on my mom, I kept in one of those plastic file bins. Mm -hmm. So like you said, if something happened to me, all of mom's information is in this file bin. You know, they had copies of things too, but you know, everything, because I had to keep it separate from myself. You know, some of our doctors were the same and it's all part of that organization piece, you know, to make things much easier. Yeah. Wonderful. Is there anything else on the, on the site that you want me to the that. newsletters, you know, some of the newsletters I'll, uh, uh, you know, I'll include uh, articles from different, uh, different people. Uh, I, you know, just, just to keep people, you know, different subjects. Um, like this one, you know, I, I included a lot of the different viewpoints on the, the new Alzheimer's drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, some people say no, some say yes. I was just, you know, what is this? Alzheimer's Association says, what's, you know, what is AARP saying? So, you know, I just try to get stuff out there, Mm -hmm. you know, just to make it easy for people. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, you're doing, you're doing absolutely fantastic work. Um, Have you gotten comments from people who, you know, have, have um, taken on your caregiver, you know, principal and uh, read your book? I think the, the biggest comment or accolade came from someone who bought a book and she came to one of my events and the book was so tattered and marked up. I mean, it was like every page, you know, I said, I'll give you another book. You know, this is she's <laughs> like, she's like, no, I need this one. And it has all of my notes. In it. And, and so I, I, I just really appreciate it that, you know, this has, has helped her uh, a lot. And that's what I miss about this period now. We don't have those live events. Uh, you know, I like those one-on-ones with caregivers. Yep, yep. I, I miss those too. So you do speaking. Um, Lorette, do you do speaking as well in terms of events to spread the word of your work? I do. I enjoy it. Um, elder law firms that, you know, want to let people know about, um, you know, it, it's content that that is, you know, uh, supplemental that is helpful that helps people um, with their, you know, aging parent or spouse um, or loved ones. So that's you know something I've done. Um, I've done uh, for AFTD um, the Remember Me podcast and talked about advocating for a care um, for a loved one in, in care in long term care. Uh, I have I'm going back the ninth um, virtually to testify um, for the. Uh, Essential Caregivers Act in Hartford um, to get that uh, passed in the state of Connecticut um, nationwide. There's a big push, and there's a, there's a lot of energy behind that right now. Uh, you know, I, you know, in any given setting, I I love to talk with people about this because 
as you know, you were saying earlier, and you know, as Carol expressed with her live events, that it really just people need to talk and people need resources. So, you know, I'm I'm always up for anything. Um, I love to talk about my kids. <laughs> I'd love to talk about this, uh, you know, as well. So, um, and I also like to people to know that you know, when you're getting a loved one settled into long-term care, this is a great way to make that transition to have the books on hand because it, you know, it really does let the new family know that this place is committed to your loved one's behavioral, cognitive, spiritual, social well-being. And it does signal and signify that there is whole, you know, holistic person-centered care here. It's not just lip service. It really does matter to us. Mm -hmm. And if you can start that way in the introduction, you know, if, if it can ease that introduction, I'm, I'm thrilled for it. And I, I think that it matters because we have to start to put resources behind um, giving people their, you know, the ability and, and, you know, we can say, oh, it's, you know, we have, we have um, these programs, but if we don't have the materials, you know, I, the programs fall flat very fast. So this is, this is a way in which to, um, you know, underlie and underpin the, commitment to behavioral health and, and to, um, you know, maintaining retained abilities. And, and, you know, so anybody that wants to talk about those things, feel free to call me. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, and how cool would it be? Um, and I have not seen one do this yet, but maybe they're out there, but to have our neurological clinics and our gerontology offices instead of having magazine subscriptions to, to Martha Stewart and things, to have your books out there to be handy. And, you know, they might be worried that, oh, you know, they're going to all walk off. Well, you know, make a little, make one of those little mailboxes, you know, that says take one and bring one back. Cause people will do that. Cause they're like, okay, I'm, unless they get one of Carol's where they're going to like, you know, <laughs> mark it all off and they're not going to let it go. You know, I mean, that does happen. But um, so often, there are there are so many resources out there and it's nice to see like that many of the libraries are starting to have uh, dementia um, sections for people and caregiving sections right. um, but again we have to get the word out that this isn't this doesn't just apply to one you know to dementia this is applicable for so many other other um, situations in our lives. You know, you both are just doing such great, great work. I just love it. Carol, I do want to ask before we wrap up here is how do you think Mods Awards is going to affect you or has affected you just knowing, uh, you know, getting this recognition? Well, I think it's helping me spread. I, I call it spread my message of hope. It includes the caregiving principle and, and all, but it gets it on the West Coast. It gets it throughout. And the thing that I like about um, hope is that when I help a caregiver, I'm indirectly helping the person living with dementia. You help the caregiver, you're helping too. So it's sort of like a two for one. But also, uh, you know, I plan, you know, it gives me an opportunity to give away more complimentary books, you know, so that people, you know, and sometimes it's not a matter of the $12 or $13, just giving a caregiver a book just saying thank you for what you're doing uh, for your loved one, yeah, means a lot. You know, in most cases, yeah, they can afford it, but it's more the act of giving it to them. Yep, 
Exactly, exactly. What a, and what a great resource both of yours would be for elder law attorneys just to kind of give, you know, give that gift that says I understand. But it just gives me a chance to bless other people with the book. And I'm really honored to, to, to receive this award and get this kind of recognition and be able to share this information with other people. Again, we want to thank so much Mods Awards uh, to bringing these two great resources to our attention and to honoring them for the work that they've done. Marilyn, you know, thank you and your group and, and Richard and the family and the foundation for uh, their important work. Uh, you're really making a difference to so many. I can't wait to get the book and see who all else is in there because I know you've got to, and maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Oh, so the book has um, has information about the winners and about 60 other of the applicants um, in the categories, and uh, it is inspiring to see this this outpouring of creativity. It's when I, every time I read it, and I'm editing it now, every time I read it, I'm just so exhilarated. It'll give people a lot of hope, you know, just seeing how much is going going on out there, which is yeah. wonderful. And um, for the, you know, if people want to go to Mods Awards, it's modsawards.org. Uh, and then for Nana's Books, you can go to nanasbookseries.com. And then Carol's is carolbamas.com. Uh, and that's carolbamas.com. Ladies, again, thank you so much. I just, I celebrate the work that you're all doing. And um, it's just an honor to know each and every one of you. So thank you. And, thank you. And thank for you. our listeners, um, share this, spread the word, help us raise the platform that pulls us all together and reduces our stress and, gives us kind of gives us that virtual hug in knowing that we're not alone on this journey. There's so much out there and uh, maybe you too will be the next Mods Awards winner. So thank you. Thank you. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.